...extended for the service of the four veiled idols, lying unhuman and aloof from the domestic needs of men. Then, following his morning habit, he turned and climbed the little rise of ground. On his accustomed viewpoint, he stopped and gazed westward. Before him, clear in the cold early light, the undulating downs gathered themselves into a long, fairly regular ridge, some two miles distant at the summit. A maze of communication and support trenches, just visible, crisscrossed their white lines in the chalk of the hither slope. On the skyline of the ridge, directly west, a large clump of bare, shell-sharpened tree stumps broke its emptiness. It was the Bois de Faurault. Further south, a similar group of stumps spiked up into the sky, the Bois de Delville. That clean-swept landscape, mounting to the desolate skyline, was the great dominant fact in his existence. Ever concrete in his mind, it claimed his first waking vision, even as the weather horizon claims the first heat of the sailor, or Vesuvius the morning glance of the Neapolitan. This morning it lay cloudless, save for the towering smoke of an occasional shell-burst in the vicinity of the Bois de Fourault, and strangely quiet. The whole wide stretch would have seemed untenanted by man, had it not been for the occasional primrose twinkle of a field gun's flash. The reports of such guns came in isolated slams at varying intervals. To his right, an English shell hurried with a long-drawn whine to burst heavily in flur. Far back, several enemy aeroplanes, tiny specks in the cold blue sky, yellowing to the dawn, were dodging like midges among a smother of little brown shell puffs. From overhead came the drone of a German machine, but by contrast with the frequent uproar which welled out of this region to translate itself into long, thick smoke along the ridge, the scene was curiously clear and silent. Satisfied with his scrutiny, the captain turned and descended again to the battery position. He passed along the line of dugouts in the flank of the rise until he reached one whose entrance bore the notice Fernsprecher und Befehlsunterstand neatly painted on a board. The Oberfeldwebel standing in the doorway sprang to a precise, heel-clicking salute. The officer acknowledged it curtly and dived into the dugout. Here, yellow electric light replaced the cool grey dawn, and tobacco smoke floated in long wreaths around the bulb. A young lieutenant, seated at the telephone instrument on the table, took the pipe out of his mouth and rose smartly as his superior entered. "'Good morning, Eberstein.' said the captain. Anything fresh? Nothing, Herr Hauptmann, replied the lieutenant respectfully. Nothing of this rumoured attack? Nothing. The captain seated himself at the table, and the lieutenant was at liberty to resume his chair. And that frightful bombardment all last night, Eberstein, what did you make of it? he asked as he lit himself a cigarette. The mouth under the fair moustache of the young lieutenant twisted into a contemptuous smile. Bah, the Englanders want to make us nervous, or to persuade themselves that their wonderful great push is not played out. The captain blew out a long puff of smoke and nodded his head in dubious thought. And you think it is? Von Waldhofer, a man of somewhat deliberate mental processes, was never unwilling to discuss general topics with his subordinate. Heberstein's cheering, if crude, optimism was a welcome stimulus to him. Of course it is, said the lieutenant. Since the first rush, they've been practically fought to a standstill.
Here it is two and a half months since the offensive began. And where are they? Now in one week on the Donayets, we... Yes, I know, Eberstein, his superior interrupted him. You did wonders. But it is the Somme and not the Donayets that interests us now. He removed his helmet and passed his hand wearily over a high, semi-bald brow. I wish I could be as certain as you. These Englanders do not know when they're beaten. He stopped, then broke out again with the overemphasis of a man wearied with long brooding over a problem. The colonel was so positive last night, and he had just come from general staff. At dawn he said we might expect it. I can't make it out. All night that frightful bombardment, obviously preparation. Then this quiet. I feel something is coming. He shook his head. We're much too near in this position.